Well, we'll read something from The Awakened Soul by Gibran. Limited love asks for possession of the beloved, but the unlimited asks only for itself. My soul preached to me and said, Do not be delighted because of praise, and do not be distressed because of blame. Ere my soul counseled me, I doubted the worth of my work. Now I realize that the trees blossom in spring and bear fruit in summers without seeking praise, and they drop their leaves in autumn and become naked in the winter without fearing blame. Well, this afternoon from 2 till 6, Laura's going to be doing her spiritual tools workshop, the second, is it, in a series. And did you want to share a little bit about it? We're going to um, review the first month in case somebody wants to attend and didn't get a chance to the first month. We'll also go to lunch after Jim and Brian are done with the class so that we'll take care of that business and then come back here at 2. Okay? And then we're having a couple's um, dinner at Tom and my house on May 13th. Is that right? Is that what it says on there? 13th? This you know, is Saturday. I don't have that one up here. Oh, Saturday, yeah, okay. from, um, it's at 5 o'clock, it's a potluck. Are there still flyers on the back table? Okay. And then Brian and I are leaving Wednesday for London, and really for England, because we're going to be going to Sussex as well, and we'll be gone for three weeks. We get back May the 30th. So Bill will be doing the classes with CDs, with meditation, and with our sharings from other uh, classes that we've had here, as well as maybe some other material that he, he finds where we've shared. So is that about right, Bill? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you know, keep us in your thoughts and in your loving on our journey. We're going to be going to England to to share with our community there in London and also going to Sussex. We have a few people... Uh, in uh, more southern England, if you will, down in Sussex that are very interested in what we're doing and have asked us to come down. And we really work on a principle of asking you shall receive. That's how I've been doing this for years. And so it's, if, if people ask us to come, we'll do our best to get there. And uh, they actually asked last year. We didn't quite make it. So this year we do have it scheduled and look forward to the journey. It should be a lot of fun. I like what Jim said, and we'll do our best to get there because our schedules now <laughs> are becoming full. We're actually going to be on the road for about six months out of this next year. So we're kind of getting busier and busier. So I think uh, it's nice that most people are kind of gathering in communities. If anything, it makes it a little, easy, a little bit easier on us with the travel schedules. If we go there, but also more people kind of go there, it's kind of hard to go everywhere we're finding physically in that way. So it's interesting how things just kind of keep moving forward and seeing how it all unfolds is a journey in itself. But it's all fun and games and good. You want to start?
You sure? Yeah. It was interesting. You know, we just had our birthdays and, and everything, and we got a few cards that really stood out in my mind, uh, some poems from Rumi and things that really, really touched me very deeply. And uh, there was one that said it had a, a big shell on, on the card. It had a pearl in the middle of the shell. And it said, take the pearl and leave the shell. And really, that's the truth of this whole journey. It's the quest for that pearl within the shell. This body is the shell. This body is the shell that dwells within the ocean of this creation. And it really is like a great body of water. It's, it's an ocean. And it's deep. And at the very deepest parts, it's quite dark. There's very little light at these depths compared to, towards the surface. But still, it's all these water, watery worlds of the emotions, of the mind, of the imagination. And it is ever our quest in our experiential journey through these worlds, through these realms, to discover that pearl of great price, which is the soul. To truly come to the knowing of who we are as divine. And it's a great journey. And... So when I was looking at the cards and going through them, uh, this morning actually again, looking at all the different things that people wrote and what was said on the cards as, as far as the poems and, and the statements, it was very refreshing to just look at them all and to touch into them all and to know the loving so much was there in every word. And yet in this one simple little statement, take the pearl and leave the shell, it spoke so deep to me because I've been on that search my, my whole life is to first find that pearl and then find a way to free the pearl from the shell so that it really does stand on its own. And that's what we're doing when we're doing our meditation. First, we're finding that place where the pearl resides. Now we know where that does reside, even if it's just a mental knowing of the seat of the soul, that third eye, that spiritual eye center. Then the next quest is, is to really discover the pearl within the shell. I don't know if you've ever opened an oyster and begun to look for pearls within oysters, but if you crack open a, an oyster, you don't find the pearl right away. You don't even see if there's a pearl in there or not unless you feel around or dig around within the meat of the oyster to find out if there's truly a pearl there. And if you didn't know how to find that pearl, you would open it up and you would throw it away thinking, well, nope, there's no pearl there. And you may throw dozens of pearls away not knowing how to find them. So that's the key in this inner journey too. Knowing where the pearl resides is one thing, but then knowing what to do to reveal that pearl, to open up the nature of this creation so that the pearl is truly revealed, just as you have to feel around or dig around through the meat of the oyster to find the pearl. So we have to move through all the different elements of this physical creation that is the shell. We have to move through the physical, the emotional, all of it, in order to find that pearl that resides within this body, within this shell. And so that is the quest. And it's a very, very simple quest. But it's also a very challenging one. If you've ever tried to open an oyster 
it is rather challenging. It's not just an easy, oh, just pull it open. It really is a challenge to pry that shell open so that you can see the inside. And that's our consciousness. Our consciousness at this level is like a great shell. And it is strong. And the muscle that is holding it shut, holding it tight, is very strong. And if we go in to fight and try to open it up and pry it open, we're in for a great struggle. But if we will go in and be patient, the oyster opens automatically. When it feels safe, when it feels secure, it will open in order to take in nourishment. It will open just automatically, and you do not have to do a thing but wait to be patient. And that's how it is with this physical consciousness and this physical form. It's better to sit in meditation and be patient and allow what is natural in this nature to take place, which is a gradual opening. But oftentimes, if we're not wise enough, if we're not attentive enough, if we haven't heard a teaching that really demonstrates to us something, we will try to force that shell open. We will try to force our way through the physical consciousness of ourselves. And sometimes we can actually do a lot of harm to ourselves rather than do a lot of good in the sense of finding the spiritual essence of our own divine self. I've witnessed that in many different ways, by people getting caught up in the psychic realms, by people blowing open certain chakra centers, not knowing what they were doing, and getting stuck, getting caught up, having physical, emotional, and mental disorders set in because of the disruption of this blown-out chakra center and what it causes, the chaos and the disturbance in the physical consciousness. And so it's better, rather than trying to force our way into heaven, trying to force our way to that place where the pearl resides within us, to be patient and to allow the loving to assist us in opening this shell of our consciousness so that the truth can really be revealed. So this morning when I opened that card and began to read it and look at it more deeply and then look at the others, I really saw a message throughout all that I read, all these cards that we had received. And it said one thing very clearly, and that was about loving. Loving is the key to all things. Loving is the way by which we do find ourselves, soul, and we do find that river of loving that will take us back into the truth of ourselves in God. There was one card that also said, leave the personality and find the loving. For truly, it is love within love that is the truth. And that's who we are. We are the love within love. We, the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord, is the movement of loving that is God's presence, that is God in manifestation, that is God in action. And if we can begin to realize that and begin to do all of our actions in loving, everything, our thoughts, our feelings, our imagination, 
what we do with our physical form creatively and do it all in loving, then we truly become that action of loving that is God, living it to the fullest, living it to the completion. And that's what we came here to do. We came here for one thing, and that was to wake up and to know ourselves as divine, to wake up and to remember the essence of who we are. I can remember so clearly as a child struggling against that movement of loving, trying to force my way into God, trying to get my way as though I knew better. What I realized was that that was the longing to go home to God. I so longed to go back home. I so longed not to be in this creation that in that longing, I was willing to force my way into heaven, demand my way back into heaven, beg my way back. And it wasn't until after I began to realize that I was holding the door shut to the eternal by forcing, by demanding, by pushing my way. It wasn't only until after I realized that and I relaxed into just being in the loving with God that I realized that that's the key, that's the tool by which we truly return home, is just be at peace, be still, be still and know that I am God. So it's to be still in our meditation. It's to be still in our loving. It's even to be still as we go out into this daily world, into our daily lives, and to live in that stillness. Now that's a challenge in this world. I don't know for you, but even for me today, there are still times when I can be in my stillness and something will come up and just, you know, force itself on me push itself into my face and say, oh, come on, come on, let's see how still you can be in this one. And I have to admit, there are times when I just slip right out of my stillness and go into the chaos of this creation. And this world is chaos. The Lord of this creation created out of chaos and it will stay in chaos until the Lord of this creation is complete and lets that which is present in his imagination that creates this world of reflection, come to peace itself. And then he himself will return home back into God from which he came. So do not look to try to change your outer environment by making it happen. Do not try to change the world of chaos, but rather find that place of stillness within inside yourself and learn to move throughout the chaos of this creation in stillness. And that stillness is loving. It is joy. It is peace. It is grace. It is gratitude. It is all that is God dwelling within you. If we can remember one thing about this journey here, that the true light of God dwells within us, not in this creation. And the Lord of this creation needed souls to come into this creation to give it life, to give it expression, because the soul is that creative, expressive, active consciousness of loving that can bring about creative expression.
wherever it goes, wherever it resides, wherever it is demonstrating itself, there is creation taking place because the soul is a creative expression from the divine. And so the soul comes down here and really creates a nothingness. But that's what resides here is nothingness. And we have created all this. Out of the nothingness, we have created everything. And in order for us to let go of this creation and go back home to the true realms of spirit, to come into the oneness with soul, we have to allow all of that which we have created here to go back into nothingness. To go back into the nothingness. And that's a challenge. That's the teaching of detachment. To detach ourselves from our beliefs, our creations, our wants, our desires, our needs. To detach ourselves from all and to hold our focus on God and God only. We have created a lot of things that are incomplete, that are manifested and yet not fulfilled. And those are our karmas that ever attract us back down into this creation. They create longing for us to come back down here to fulfill them, to manifest them. And yet those are the things that anchor us and pull us down and out into this creation and away from the truth of who we really are. The key for soul to go home to God is to hold your attention in that divine loving that we are and to live in the simplicity, to live in the stillness, to live in the quiet as best we can in any given moment. And when issues come up, when challenges come up, do not feed them. Look at them and see, is there something I can do from this place of loving right now? Is there an action that I can take? Not a reaction, but an action that I can take to bring this to quiet, to bring this to solution? Or is there an action that I can take called let go of it? Realize I have no responsibility to it. I am watching myself more and more every day now. And for years, I have watched all that goes on politically in this country and all the disturbance that people have about what goes on politically. And I have watched over the years people come to me with petitions, calling me on the phone to send letters to my senator, to my congressman, I have now got a lot of emails coming in doing the same thing. And throughout all these years of watching this action of reaction taking place and people responding to that reaction and getting more caught up in it, I have watched myself ever having to make a choice. Now, do I sign this petition or not? Do I participate in this action or not? Do I write this letter or not? Do I make this phone call or not? Do I fill out this email and send it in or not? And each time, there's a part of me that says, yes, I don't like what they're doing. I'm not going to let them do this to us. 
I'm going to send this in. But when I go back into the stillness to really check it out inside, the stillness says, why? Why are you doing that? Why are you getting caught up in that which doesn't really exist? Why are you moving on illusion to build greater illusion for yourself called involvement into the worlds of reflection? Why not let it just play itself out, but don't get caught up in it? Don't participate in it. And every time I choose not to participate in it, I find that that energy of disturbance that has been stirred up either within myself or given to me from another to get caught up in begins to go still, begins to go quiet, begins to move back into its own true nature, which is loving. And the illusion that is causing the disturbance in them and in me just falls into quiet, falls into nothingness once again, and goes back into its own true state. And I stand free of it. And there have been a few times where I did sign the petition, where I did get caught up and participate by making a phone call or whatever it might have been in the way of action and reaction. And I found also in that that I've only gotten more caught up in the chaos and the disturbance and expecting now a change, demanding a change. Why aren't they doing it the way I want it to be done? Why aren't they listening to us? And getting more and caught up in that movement of energy. And that energy of being caught up in that disturbance draws from the realm of nothingness. And we, the creative being, create our own disturbance. We create it imaginally, imaginationally, emotionally, mentally, and physically. And it's an amazing thing to watch. Just all this energy coming from nothingness, coming into this creative being that is our spiritual presence. And we just begin, like God began with the clay, forming beliefs, forming ideas, forming emotional reaction and response, forming things out of our imagination, creating form and giving it life. We breathe into it life, just as God breathed into the clay and gave it life. We breathe into this element of nothingness that we have now given shape and body and form and idea to, and we give it life, and it begins to live within the creator of it. And then we have chaos. Then we have disturbance. And then we wonder, where did this come from? Why in the hell am I in hell? Why can't I let go and just live a life of peace and joy like people talk about? It's because we keep feeding that which we have given life to. And we keep holding on to it for dear life because we don't know anything else but what we have created. And we don't hold on to it only in this lifetime, but we take it into the next lifetime. And the challenge with that is, in the next lifetime, we forgot that we even created it. But there it is. It's part of the bouquet of flowers that came along with us. They stink pretty bad by now, but they're still there. And we wonder, 
who in the hell gave us these flowers? Who in the hell gave us these ideas and these belief systems and these feelings and this junk? Where did this come from? God, did you do this to me? Did my mom, my dad give this to me? Why in the world am I having to be the one suffering all this? What did I do wrong, Lord? And how do I get it corrected? Well, the key is, we are the creator of our heaven and our hell. And if we do not like our creation, it's up to us to change it. Let go and let God. Be still and know that I am God. Find that way to love your disturbance. Find that way to love those things that you hate. Find that way to be still in the whirlwinds of this world and find the centeredness of peace and quiet where you can begin to see the truth amongst the illusion. Then you will begin to change the creations that disturb you. You'll begin to let go of those things in this creation that call you and distract you and demand of you. And you will dissolve those creations that you created in this lifetime or another. You will dissolve them because you will let the life force stop moving into that creation. You will not feed it. You will not breathe into it life anymore. And as it dies, the essence of itself, the energy of itself will go back into the nothingness. And that's a key. It's so simple, but yet it is so challenging. It is so challenging. Because the world will ever keep reminding us and calling to us. And those things that we have given life to over the years, our belief systems, and all that we have created, will call out to us loudly. I'm dying, I'm dying, breathe me, breathe me, give me life again, don't let me die. And we will feel that disturbance inside, we will feel that longing, that calling from inside. And it will feel comfortable and it will feel right in many ways. And we will be distracted back into it and we'll breathe at life again and we'll go, oh, thank you. Okay, now I'm going to take a lot more strong advantage of this. I'm not going to ever let you even be distracted from me again. I'm going to rule. And all of a sudden we wonder, oh my God, why is this thing on me now? Why is it stronger than it was before? What happened? You allowed yourself to give it life once again. You breathe the force of life. And it is now going to live itself out more fully than ever. I don't know if you can relate to this yourself, but I can. And so I've watched myself over the years, ever watching to see what is it inside of me that is ever wanting expression, wanting life, wanting to come into creation. And believe me, there's a lot that exists within the nothingness of this existence ever looking to be brought into manifestation. And that's what the Lord of this creation wants. If you remember, 
when the Lord of this creation came into this area that exists, it was a void. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. There was nothing here. And the only way that something could be created within the nothingness was to get souls down here who had the power of creativity to manifest in their own creative way and to create a reality here, a truth here, a way of being here. And so the Lord of this creation is ever calling us to, hey, there's a lot of nothingness still around. Keep creating. Keep cre I want my creation full. I want all this nothingness manifested into the fullness of itself. And you're the ones I've got to keep here to keep this going. And so there is this physical longing, this physical need, this physical want to keep creating at these levels. And it is fine if we create at these levels from a place of loving, from a place of understanding and knowing. I'm not saying don't go out and have children, creative action. I'm not saying don't go out and write letters, write books, write poems. That's a creative action. I'm not saying don't go out and paint to do artwork, to draw, to sketch. That's creative action. I'm not saying go out and to not go out and build a business or wealth or possessions in this world. That's all creative action that we both learn in the doing of it and we fulfill that creative expression as we do it and learn from our creations. But what I am saying is don't become possessed by them. Don't let them possess you and don't feel that you possess them. But realize that whatever you create is an opportunity of your learning. And to be willing to let go of them. Be willing to let them go back into the nothingness from which they came. If you look throughout the history of this physical planet, that's what's happened. There have been things that have been created by man since the beginning of time. At first it was very simple tools. But those tools have fallen into disarray, fallen back into their nothingness, gone back into the earth from which they were made from. And more than that, the physical forms, the physical bodies that we've lived in in other times have gone back into the physical earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You couldn't hold on to that body. No matter how hard you tried, you couldn't hold on to it. But I like this lifetime. I like this body. It's a great life. It's a great body. I don't want to lose it, Lord. Give it to me forever. Let me find a way to spiritualize it so I can take it with me. I'll resurrect it and I'll ascend it. That's not the way this creation works. And so realize that no matter how precious things are to you, you want to find a way to detach from them. Your family, your friends, 
your diamond rings, your cars, your houses, your artwork, your writings, everything. And realize that all of that is an opportunity for you to move loving, to you to demonstrate that creative action that is soul, that is you, that is truly you. But not to hold on to any of that. For truly loving, true loving is an ongoing expression of self, the spiritual self. And it is ever moving, ever moving, ever moving, if we are really moving in that flow. It's when we get caught up in that moment of love. We love this thing. We love our creation. That we begin to dam up that movement of loving. And we begin to stagnate and get caught up in this creation that we have made. Whatever it be. Then we find ourselves feeling damned. Feeling lonely. Feeling lost feeling separated because we're not in that movement that is truly our creative loving. So in this action of returning things back into the nothingness, what does that really look like? Well, if we look at the different realms of existence that we are ever journeying through in these realms of the physical creations as well as in the realm of soul and spirit, we begin to understand a little bit more about what it is to let go of our creations and to let that energy go back into the nothingness. One, all of this physical creation is the void, is nothing. There's nothing here. In truth, there is nothing except what we have created here. And on each of the realms, there are levels within those realms. And one of the levels on those realms is the void or the etheric level of a realm. So in the physical, in the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, there is that which is the etheric level the nothingness within that realm. And it is out of that nothingness within that realm, whether it be in the mind or in the emotional, the imaginational, the physical, it is out of that nothingness of that realm that we draw the nothingness to ourselves and create with. It is like the clay of this creation that we take and we form and we give shape and then we breathe life into it. We breathe our own essence of life into our creations out of this nothingness, this mud, this clay, and give it life. So it's on each of these realms that we are to let go of our creations and allow that essence of our own life force to come back to us to be fulfilled here in the soul that we are and to allow that which is the clay or the nothingness to go back unto that level of nothingness on the realm from which it came 
And that's a real challenge. When you begin to look at it and you go, well, what are my physical creations and how do I let go of them and go back into the nothingness? And what about my imaginational? But if you begin to look at it closely, you can begin to distinguish the different actions of creativity and begin to let them go. A very good example is children or physical creations. If you've been a parent, you know that you are the creator of those children at one level. But also you know that there's a time in that creation action that you really have to let them go. Let them go back into nothingness. Let them go back out there and discover and create for themselves what's true for them. But there are those creators of children in this world that hold on to their creation until their last breath. And I mean the last breath of the child, not just the parent. Because the parent can plant within that child such fear, such belief, such dread, such harm, that the parent will live in that child even after the parent's dead 30 years, physically. They still live on within that child. And so it's for us as parents to look at our own physical creation, our children, and realize that they have existence unto themselves now and to let go. Now, they don't go back into the nothingness from which they came, but their body will. Their body will go back into the nothingness from which it came. And that is really truly what you created. You created the body. You didn't create the soul. And it's the body that you get attached to. And it's the body that you want around. And it's the body that you try to control. No, no, you can't. You can't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. It's the body, not the spirit. Does that make sense to you? So it is truly that which is the nothingness, the body, that we must let go of. And oftentimes we do get obsessed and possessed by that physical form that is our child, that is our children. So that's just one example. Another one is on the level of imagination. In the realm of imagination... We create so much, it is unbelievable. If you think you create a lot here, you should enter into the realm of imagination and just follow one soul in its action of creativity and the imagination around for just one day, for one hour, even for one minute, and you would be totally in a place of unbelief. What we create in the imagination, consciously and unconsciously, is amazing. And we have all of that creation ever waiting to come into a fulfillment, ever wanting to be fulfilled, to be manifested. You've breathed life into these ideas. And then they follow you around going, What about me? Breathe into me again. I need more life, more life. I'm dying. 
And all of a sudden we start wandering off on another daydream about what would it be like to have $10 million and what would I do and would I quit my job and would I stay with this wife and, you know, what would I do? And then all of a sudden this other idea comes in and start this imagination uh, level comes in and it starts pushing on us. And it's all about our sexual desires and needs and what would it be like? Oh, yeah, what about, what about this person over here? Oh, yeah, there was this person last night. And, and the imagination just runs away. And it's ever calling us, breathe in life to me, breathe in life to me. And it's amazing. These levels of greed and lust are so powerful creators in the realm of imagination of wanting to control. How many times have you been in an argument and then you walk away and you sit down and you go, golly, I should have said this. And I'm, you know, I just, if I had said this, they wouldn't have been able to say that. I would have had the power over them. You know, and you just sit there in imagination just trying to figure it out and what, would you, what you should have done. You're living in the imagination and you're giving power to it. And now it's going to follow you around. And that becomes a judgment on yourself. It becomes a judgment on the person that you were in reaction with. And it just keeps feeding that reaction. And every time you don't give it a lot of thought and a lot of energy, and it starts to die, it comes back up and goes, you know, you should have said this. And you go, that's right, I forgot about that. And it gives it life once again. It's just an amazing game that we all play on ourselves. So, choose wisely where you hold your attention. Choose wisely what you give your loving to. Choose wisely your creative action. Choose. Make choices. And see what works and doesn't work for you. Now, there's nothing wrong in the imagination level to hold a vision, to hold in your imagination, well, what would it be like if I had $10 million? But rather than just trying to imagine $10 million and seeing how to bring it out of the imagination into reality, why not give that imagination up to God and say, you know, Lord, this just keeps coming up all the time. You know, I don't know what to do with this. I, you know, I'm out here doing this little job. I'm getting this paycheck. I don't see how I'm going to get $10 million out of them or how I'm going to save $10 million off this paycheck. So, you know, rather than just keep imagining and feeding this thing life, I'm going to give it to you right now. This is my gift to you. This is my creative energy and the imagination right now that I don't know what to do with. So I give it to you. But I give it to you in loving. And I open to receive your loving. And if in that action of loving that you want to share with me the abundance and to demonstrate in me and through me, how to bring forward your abundance in my life, including that $10 million, if that's it, hey, I'm fine with that. I'm open to that. And then things do change. Then all of a sudden, that imagination, out of the nothingness that you created around this $10 million and this need and this longing and this demanding that comes out of it, will now go into loving. And it will go into God and it will move into the expression of abundance with God. And you will be open to receive whatever God wishes to share with you. 
in a wonderful, wonderful way. And it may be that you'll walk down the street and you'll find a $10 bill. And you go, wow, movement towards the $10 10 million. (laughs) 